It's season nine and we're feeling fine because it is the holiday time. Welcome to the Silver Bells season. In this season, we will be exploring not only interviews with the past Silver Bells, but also talking about movies, about Christmas, and we will also be documenting our trip to Richmond to see the Silver Bells. So stick with us. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler, the world changed. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against a world trying to keep them apart. Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about Leave the World Behind. The new Sam Eshmael uh, film that was, uh, he did uh, Mr. Robot on TV. Yeah. Uh, he also did another show that Julia Roberts was in. I think it was on Prime. It may have been Apple, who knows. Uh, but I think that's probably think why Julia Roberts Apple. did this. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so Leave the World Behind was produced by the Obamas. Yep. Um, Based on a book. It was, uh, the book was in his like cool book of the month club. Um and they, they were very heavily involved on set, apparently, according to Julia Roberts on The Graham Norton Show. Um, this film has angered half of the people and is loved by the other half, which is very telling of our country right now and its state. But And I'm right down the middle. I liked this film. How so? With this film. I didn't love it, and I didn't hate it. I did hate the characters yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Julia Roberts, America's sweetheart, is playing like America's racist Karen. Her kids, Ugh. I I could not stand one decision that they made. Um, I understand that it is probably and is true to life as far as how children would react, whether it be a a preteen versus a teen, how they would react in a situation like this. But I really did not like the characters. The only people I liked were Mahersha Ali who played the one father, and Ethan Hawke, who played the other father. Um, but really, Mahersha Ali was the 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 anchor of the film. He, yes. I don't mean he held it down, but he held everything together. It's supposed to be Denzel Washington. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I would have loved to have seen that as well, and I love them both. But um, Why didn't Denzel do it? Uh, I think he really just doesn't like the Obamas, and that's why. No! I'm kidding. No, I, he I probably, don't. probably scheduling conflicts. Yeah, usually that's what it is. Either that or he didn't like Netflix's offer. Um, this film is about basically an attack on the country. Was it in the feeders? No, 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 just Netflix. So this is just a Netflix thing. Yeah, so this is like No Dude, One Will Save You on My Hulu TikTok is all about it. I mean, yeah. like everybody's talking about There's all these like conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. And, some people are taking notes. There's like symbolism of like, what if this happens? You know, you know, the door was red, right? <laughs> yeah, we saw it, and that's also a perfect. It was a hard watch. It was a hard watch for me. I, when I sit there and I'm, I literally say about a character, "I hope you die." Yeah. Hey, it's given me an emotion, so it's doing what probably what it's set out to do, mm -hmm. but it really makes it an uncomfortable watch. I think though, and I thought about it a lot today. Why we hate those characters 
is because we see ourselves in them a lot. And it's I'm not saying the racism part. I'm saying the, uh, it's going to be fine. We'll just... Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the, the blinders. The blinders that are on. And that's in, with that's, everybody in all walks of life. Everybody is like, it's going to be fine, right? Okay, I'm well, just going to just... like do me and uh, not think about anybody else. I don't know. I just felt like the older brother doing that, trying to scare the, the little girl in the shed was the most bullshit, horrible thing to do. I just didn't understand why he was well, doing it. That's why his teeth fell out. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and the friends thing, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is exactly what someone... It wouldn't be friends, though. It would be, like, something else. Like, Maybe I have the to, office. Or whatever. Kids are now, like... Yeah, yeah, you know, I gotta finish this. It I can't believe very, it. It's no fair. It felt very Matthew Perry. <laughs> like, yeah. that's why it was in there. Although, that they must have been in production before he died. Absolutely. But, anyway... You just gave me a dirty look. No, I'm saying it wasn't because of Matthew Perry. What I think is, I wonder if, and maybe this is what you both are trying to say, but in different languages, is did everything represent something else? Was it almost like a, a parable of its own? For instance... The deer? Well, you know, the deer, the flamingo. Was it sort of like a... A um, what do they call those tales? A cautionary tale that's not really supposed to be taken like, like a parable. Like I'm or... watching the movie, but I'm watching like oh, a message. No. I absolutely understood <clears throat> the message, but the characters are written because there are people like that, and this is a realistic view of how people would be in that kind of situation without a hundred percent. And at the end of the movie. I said, we are all fucked. That is what I came around from this movie, from the way that we all react to things, the way we uh, deal with things, uh, how we are in society with other people. Um, and what happens at the end of the movie, you kind of be like, well, yeah. I mean, look at the way you guys dealt this with this weekend with each other. Of course this is happening. Mm-hmm. I will say it's been probably 10 days since I've honked. Why? I've, I've been very conscious not to honk. I, tr- I tried to honk. You mean your horn in the car? Yeah. Okay, I, I, I honk like, like a jingle bells, like real light. Yeah. Doot, doot, doot. Just to let you know, I'm not or, bad. Or is that SOS? I mean, honestly. <laughs> um, I, it would just be S. <laughs> I wanted to watch this because it was produced. By the Obamas. By the Obamas. I'm still confused why it was produced by the Obamas outside of the fact that maybe they want to produce films that have messages in them that they completely agree with its message. I think it's what you said. It's a cautionary tale, and they're letting you know we all need to be looking at how we are in life and what we're doing, and this will happen if we don't do something about how we treat each other. Well, and the things that we're dealing with, the phenomena, I we've talked very little about the details because, honestly... There's not many. There is a cyber... Nothing happens for two and a half this hours. This is not true. Matthew said that, and I kept saying, this happened, this happened, this happened. But there, wait, wait, wait. Let me just, for the clarity's sake, for people who have not seen, because it's brand spanking new, there is some kind of hacker-based attack on a communication system. Cable is out. Internet is out. Um, there is a, a oil tanker that uh, beaches itself. Blackout. There's a, a blackout in New York. Um there's all these self-driving Teslas that are clogging the roads. They're un- that was the moment 
Yeah. Th- I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're slamming into, they're creating blockages of the highway and they're non-driver cars. Yeah. That was the moment in the movie of sort of the uncontrollable chaos that is ha- is, that could happen with sort of technology that is completely out of our hands. When the Tesla thing happened, I was like, oh, no, this is starting to really ramp up as far as the fact that like, you can't drive to the hospital. You can't drive, you know, anywhere. I, I'll, I'll say to the fact that you say nothing plot-wise necessarily happened. However, between the characters, lots of shit happens in the, yeah. in, in the first 45 minutes to an yeah. hour. A lot of stuff that ha- you learn who they are. You learn how they're going to react to things. And that is all to build up again for the end of the film. So you either care about these people or you're like, yeah, you should be, you know, whatever happens to you should happen. And you learn all their weaknesses as well. The film is more about the character's reaction to a situation more than the situation, even though the situation is plausible. Well, all of these things, there's sonic attacks that happen that like are deafening that uh, apparently when the sonic attack happened in Cuba, people did lose their teeth. That was a thing. Um, so sonic attacks we know are a possible thing. If you we, need, if anyone's listening and they need dental stuff, call me because I just had three. If you need teeth, um, I, I need some teeth. Do you have some teeth in a drawer somewhere? Um, we, we know that uh, power plants have been hacked into before. Blackouts happen. Uh, so all of these things separately are possible. I don't know about satellite attacking. Or not? I don't know if that's happened or not, but I imagine it's plausible or possible. Uh, Julia had a really cool monologue. Not cool, but a, a very well-written monologue that was very well needed in the film. So did Kevin Bacon. He basically said, in so many words, what a lot of people do want to say, but they wait until a really shitty time to say it because they're all kind of on the verge of just being a little bit racist. Well, and I didn't like I didn't like Julie Roberts' monologue, and this is why. I don't think that it was badly written, but I don't think that she deserves to be let let off the hook. And her explanation of why she was the way she was did not did it didn't make it made sense, but like it, it was an it was an excuse, and I did not agree with it, and I and and maybe you're not supposed to. Or maybe some people do. I don't know. But for me, I don't think she should be justified in any way that she treated those people. Well, she starts the film out by saying, and this is why I hate people. She's, she doesn't really change. She says, I want to be better and I don't want to be this person. She has self-reflection, sure. Um, and she does, I think, in the end, care for Mahershala Ali's character's daughter. daughter. Let me see if I can articulate this. Someone who doesn't have self-awareness that they're doing wrong, sometimes is a little easy, easier forgiven. When you go, oh, I know. It's grandma racist. She doesn't know. She's, in, she's never, you know, she never went to school or whatever. And I thought the way that that monologue landed for me a little bit was I was like, oh, wow, you really are a fucking bitch. Because you're right now saying you know the difference and your conscience is one thing, but you still allow yourself to be this well, and person. Yeah, and I think it's a lot of what we do as human beings. And we see the way that other people treat other people 
And they're like, well, if they're going to treat people like that, why, why am I not doing it when I'm caring? And so you, you become hardened. You become cynical. You start to do the same thing because that's all you're seeing. And in her job, that's all she saw. So she's like, well, I don't have to be different from them because this is the way everyone is. And I get that. But at the same time, she was, she was racist, even though she's like, I even, that was the thing I didn't understand. I didn't agree with was that it just kind of pushed away the really true reason she was treating Mahershala Ali and her and his daughter like that was because they were black and she never admits that no she never admits it no and and you want to smack her when she's like this is your house and is that kind of where Kevin Bacon's going about what's the Civil War and uh, and you know family against family well, he's not the one that said the thing about the Civil War. It was Mahershala Ali explaining at the end. Right. Uh, a, th- a simple three-step strategy uh, that has been discussed. This is perhaps not one group, but perhaps many of our enemies to- uh, coming together with this three-step. Well, no. No? Uh, no, I took it as a rogue action from inside. That's what he said. It was a rogue action from within. So... Well, people who knew that this could be done. So the putting out of like uh, the Arabic things was, was all misinformation. All... It's a red feather. It it makes you a afraid. Red fle- a red feather it makes it's you afraid feather. of the other. Oh yep, yeah, here they come. It's the Iranians. It's the Koreans. Oh, when I missed that. But it's really happening from inside. That's why it scares the fuck out of me. Is because if we have people treating each other like that. In that kind of situation, which is true to life, in my opinion, of course it's dra- dramatized. If that is the way that no. it is, that is what is going to happen. It was tried, yeah, already. And if somebody, if there is this three-point plan, that's why it scares me. If the Obamas executive produces and they change the ending from the book, like it makes me go like, oh, this is something that somebody has talked about, about doing one of the militias, the conservatives, they changed the GOP the book because I don't know, but I know Sam Ashmore got a lot of uh, notes from the Obamas. Um, but yeah, they changed the ending. So, um, there was a moment, I'm pausing just because this was just so much. This reminded me of watching uh, church films. Church but, scare films. Yeah, but on a, a different sort of level of reality. <laughs> not, not like... Um, and then the seven hornets were blown out of the trumpet, and out came the serpent that had a block of cheese. Um, <laughs> that sounds like fun. <clears throat> there was one guy, I don't remember which, I don't remember names very well, who basically said, it's not, it, the scary part isn't that uh, who's in control, the scary part is that no one is exactly that's and that was the point that you that you can't really look to anybody because any leader is powerless unless you're giving them the power and once those systems are broken there's no there's power. chaos yeah there's no secret cabal of, of rich people that are the new world order there's not that type of organization yeah it, no one's got it together that much absolutely not and so this is scarier because you know, it's the cheapest way, they said, to, you know, infiltrate a place. First, you, you isolate them. And what, the way you do that is you take away all communications, all news, all phones, everything. 
where they have no idea what is going on. And then from that point on, the work is done already. This is a long-form, big-budget version in modern times of the Twilight Zone classic, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, where aliens are basically shut down communication and then pit everyone against each other. And you see this town ready to kill children. And and then you go up to the aliens in the spacecraft and they say, it's just so easy and we'll do it one town after another, one after another. It's, it's the same kind of lesson that we never learn. And that was the Twilight Zone in like the 50s. Well, No One Will Save You's ending is kind of the same in a way, too. Well, except it's blissful ignorance <laughs> yeah, of yeah. all of it, yeah. you know. Um, the, the enemy has won. It's already within. And you're just dancing along happy yeah. to your little little skip, skip to my loo music. Um, Where is the Oprah Winfrey interview with Barack about this film? (laughs) Well, I mean, he was a producer. He didn't make the film. No, but he was asked questions. No, he he was like a producer on any film. He He gave his feedback. He gave his feedback. They'd get the dailies. From his experience, probably, in the White House. Absolutely. Who knows? Maybe not. I mean, he's not letting go any uh, national secrets or having them in his, like, uh, country home. Right, but there are discussions. Hey. There are discussions about like the upper echelon people who are in power and who are, you know, um, the the. I couldn't help but guesstimate who they're talking about about the contract military contractor. I was like, is this Halliburton? No, it's a black, uh, black water, black. Mm, I can't think of. I can't think of it. The people that are like really. Dick Cheney. I can't think of the name of it. Anyway. Well, it just it. I I I appreciated the film on many different levels. The deer thing and the flamingo thing, because it's from nature. I was really kind of pulled to of like, what are they thinking? And when the deer were up against the shed, looking at them, I almost felt blame. I felt indicted by nature of like, what have you done? What have all of you done? Because none of us did this. I just took it as they were affected by the same radiation or whatever the same noise that happened and this is how they were reacting to it so the ending is like a little bit so the the bratty little girl gets into this uh secret bunker that they're all going to end up at apparently and probably like live out this and she's watching the friends finale and then that's the end and i was a little miffed at the ending it's so, we're so the iTunes, iPhone, I, I, I generation of like everything's about me and what I want to consume and that's it and I don't care about anybody else and that's probably why they ended with the next generation just being, I'm getting what I want, I don't care about anybody else. She hears her mother call for her yeah. and decides, nah, nah. I'm going to go in here and then gets her wish with all this physical media because the digital is gone. So if the world ends... Ryan and I are your hookups. We've got all the DVDs and VHSs. And we won't charge you that much. But we do close at 9. Yes. And speaking of which, it's 9.10. This has been a very well worth the time discussion. Thank you, gentlemen. Absolutely. We go from uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is kind of really kind of surface, Mm -hmm. you know, mystery kind of thing. Uh, to something that makes you to think, doom, doom, kill, die. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm right here. I'm gonna tell you because of leave the world behind and the characters. 
three stars. Don't like it. I like it. It's fine. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, freaking love it. Five stars for me. I would do the opposite. Right. Here's what I would say. See the Leave the World Behind vote. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang after you finish voting. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well... All this has been in support of Silver Bells at, at Repertory, uh, Virginia Repertory Theater Company. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang, leave the world behind and go see the show. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Please follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon under Connor and Smith. Again, Connor and Smith with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It helps us out so much. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. We are so appreciative to all of you for following us on this journey. And happy holidays to you all.